Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. You are listening to the Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Final hour in this Monday, Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. Stat of the day brought to you by Panini America, the official trading cards of the Dan Patrick Show. Is there a light at the end of the tunnel for the Patriots? We'll talk about that coming up. Also, there's a countdown going on. You might not be aware of this. Not like Sunday countdown. I mean, this is a Sunday countdown, but not the show. Todd has a countdown for next Sunday... Broncos and the Texans. It's like 145 hours, 16 minutes, and 11 seconds until Broncos, Texans, 6 and 5 against 6 and 5 in Houston. The top two in the hunt, AFC teams, Russell Wilson and CJ Stroud. It's like you're rebirthed. Like there's something about you. Got a little sparkle in my eye. I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't get that close to you. You got a spring in your step. Yeah, the spring in my step, more than the spark on the eye. I'm skipping to my loo and other people's loos. And uh, here's Russell Wilson after the impressive win against the uh, Cleveland Browns yesterday. First of all, we're resilient. You know, I think the best part about us is we've been resilient for all these games. We've played some really great teams, you know, and there's some, you know, top echelon teams, you know, obviously in the AFC. So I, I think the best thing about us, though, is it's about us. <laughs> it's about us being together. Our defense has been lights out. It sounds like that should be on a T-shirt. You know what? Best thing about us is us. Yeah. Thank you, Russ. What but, I really like about our chances is that there are chances, yeah, and yeah, yeah. we're going to make them. Yes, Todd. Just a complete 180 from when he's on the plane working out while everybody's asleep, and he's getting an extra push-ups and sit-ups in. So that's nice that they're all kind of doing it together. Mm-hmm. Why are we dissing the Denver Broncos? I'm just Why showing. Be I'm, happy? I'm sharing both sides of the coin. When they were one in five, they're like, you know, you guys. Offense one side, defense on the other. We're not getting along. What's happening? And now everybody's buddy-buddy. It's great. Well, the countdown for the In the Hunt team. It's the In the Hunt Bowl. The Broncos at 6-5, and five, the Texans at 6-5. Both and currently five. a half a game ahead of the Buffalo Bills. Thank you, Todd. Uh, Paulie, do you have the Broncos schedule so we can handicap this? The Broncos upcoming. Fritzy's obviously got this Sunday locked. Uh, they have at the Chargers, at the Lions, host the Patriots, Host the Chargers. That's pretty friendly. Mm. Friendly-ish. Okay, they're, they'll maybe two and two out of that. I'm going to go two and two. I can see them splitting with the Chargers, losing to the Lions, at least those two. Yeah, so you're going to be eight and seven. In the hunt. Maybe you sneak in there. Be a nice story. Is Dude, nine and eight enough to get into the last wild card in the AFC? Yeah, I don't know. I think you got to get that ten and seven record to get in there. But do they have a comeback coach of the year? 
Can Sean Payton win it? Like, but yet you can't come back from yourself stinking. No, you can't. You have to be injured, or you have to uh, come back from something mm. like an ailment. Mm. Or, right? The Bears are getting three tonight against the Vikings. Over-under is 44. In case you're wondering, over-under rushing yards. Justin Fields tonight. DraftKings. According to DraftKings. Todd, over-under Justin Fields rushing. Justin Fields is going to rush for 83 and a half yards. All right, Seton O'Connor. 87 and one half. Marvin. 77 and a half. Paulie. 55. 54 and a half. Ooh, he's right on it. <laughs> uh, best odds to score a touchdown tonight, according to DraftKings. Marvin. Justin Fields. Nope. Todd. Josh Dobbs. Nope. Nikhil Harry. No. <laughs> <laughs> Way off, the, way off the board. I was going to go with Nikhil <laughs> Harry. Jeez. Uh, uh, Alexander Madison? No, he's fourth. TJ Hawkinson. TJ. That's not happening. <laughs> uh, and the MVP odds after Jalen Hurts' performance uh, yesterday against the Bills. He is your leading candidate by a considerable margin over Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Tuba, and then Dak Prescott. All right. I was wondering about this watching the Patriots. They lose. Now they have a top three pick. Could Bill Belichick coach this team into a top three pick? They then replace him. They get their quarterback, and then they move forward. Their franchise. And does it become more attractive, a, a more attractive job if you have a top three pick? Now, if you're going to have Caleb Williams and Drake May go one, two, I mean, you got to be a little bit, Better at being bad so you can get into the top two. Yes, Paul. I have the current draft odds. Now, Chicago Bears still have the number one pick because of Carolina. They got it from Carolina. Arizona right now has the number two pick in the draft, but New England's played one fewer game. So if the Patriots and the Arizona Cardinals finish the season with the same record, right now the Patriots would have the number two pick, Arizona would have three, the Bears back up at four, and then Washington at five. Can we look at the Patriots' schedule? By the way, the Carolina Panthers fired their head coach, Frank Reich, an hour ago. They're 1-10. in 10. I don't think anybody should be surprised that David Tepper is going to uh, pull the trigger on yet another coach because he has gone through quite a few coaches so far in his tenure there. Yes, Paul. Patriots host the Chargers at the Steelers, host the Chiefs, <laughs> mm. at the Broncos, at the Bills, host the Jets. Okay. Okay. Maybe two wins in there? Maybe two? There's always going to be one of those games where you go, what are you doing winning that game? Or how did they win that game? But would it be fitting that the Patriots' last game with Bill Belichick would be against the Jets? The, the team that he was uh, employed for one day. That would be his last, last game, at least with the Patriots. January 7th at Foxborough. Okay. Oh, ceremonial. They all come back. Maybe they're told that uh, this could be it. Bill should take a look at the uh, guest list, and if they start loading it up with former Patriots, you know, Teddy Bruschi's there, like all kind of. Laura Malloy comes back, like oh, wait, 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 what, what's what's Brady? What's everybody coming back here for? Why is Logan Mankins at the game? <laughs> so strange. Mankins never comes to these games. Yeah. Hey, Julian, what what are you doing? Edelman's here. here. They're all here. Steve Grogan. They're all here. Nikovich, what are you? Oh no. 
It's going to be a Gillette down that last game. Okay. Yeah, you all, got right. Right. all right. I hey, think Fritz, Fritzy looked up to make sure it's called Gillette Stadium and then he dropped did. the I know. It's Gillette, right? Still Gillette. Yeah. Wasn't it Victor Kayam? Oh, yeah. Wasn't he the owner? Uh, nice. Yeah, Mr. Gillette, I think. All right. Uh, poll question for the final hour is going to be watching. Well, Dan, who had the worst weekend? You had Ohio State, the Giants, Bills, and Auburn. All right. Now, 51% say Ohio State followed uh, by Auburn. Nobody really has the Giants. No, they're playing their way into a worse draft pick. Yeah. You almost have to explain that one where they shouldn't be yeah. winning and then they won. It's what? a little too... Yeah. It's highbrow. Know, it's yeah. a little too yeah. highbrow. Yeah. That happens. Yeah. It's like Dan Levitard's show. That kind of highbrow stuff. Yeah. yeah. Like, Not, let me explain this yeah. to you. <laughs> let the, to the lay person. Uh, here, here is uh, Ryan Day, the Ohio State head coach on the uh, loss to Michigan. Yeah, I try to keep... You know uh, what we talk about in the locker room to ourselves, but we're all disappointed. Uh, we know that um, what this game means to so many people, and um, and so to come up short is certainly uh, crushing. Not only uh, just because you invest your whole year in it, we know at Ohio State what this game means, and so um, you know there's there's a locker room in there that's devastated, and it wasn't a lack of effort, but again, you know we didn't win the rushing yards, we didn't win the turnover battle, so you're not going to win the game. Last time Michigan had a three-game winning streak against Ohio State, 1995-96-97. That Michigan team won the national title in 1997. Stat of the day brought to you by Panini America, the official trading cards of the Dan Patrick Show. Sunday night. It'll be Patrick Mahomes at Lambeau. Is that the first time he's gone to Green Bay? I'm guessing. The Chiefs battle the Packers. That'll be uh, 7 Eastern on NBC and Peacock. That'll be fun. Jordan Love maybe instilling some confidence with the Packers. Packer fans. I think if you look at his numbers to start his career, compare that to Favre and Aaron Rodgers, they're pretty similar. Pretty similar. Yeah, Paul. I do have Patrick Mahomes playing only once against the Packers, and that was at home. That was at Kansas City. Okay. All right. Jordan Love, uh, he's 5-6 and six on the season as a starter. 19 touchdowns, 10 picks. His passing percentage is pretty low for an NFL quarterback at 60.5. Hmm. For the NFL, that's pretty low these days. I think his numbers, though, are very comparable to uh, Favre and Rodgers over the same number of games. We'll have to uh, check on that. By the way, I started to look at this. Um, the Niners, I guess they're back. You know, when they win, they're, they're scoring 30 or more in seven of their eight wins. They uh, go to Philadelphia in Week 13. Kansas City, offensively, struggling a little bit. Um, Baltimore is 9-3. and three. Best record of the uh, contenders down the stretch. A bye week. They're not going to play a game in the next 20 days. Uh, Dallas is 8-3, and three. haven't played well in January in recent years, as Peter King points out, but 4-2 and two in their last six games against the Eagles, and they're scoring 42 points a game over the last three. So you got some really, you know, very fun weekend uh, matchups here. As Todd mentioned, you know, what the go-to game is, the Texans and the Broncos. So San Francisco at Philadelphia, Seattle at Dallas, that'll be spicy as well. Yes, Paulie. So Aaron Rodgers, when he made his debut, he had sat for three years for Green Bay. He was 25. He was 6-10 and 10 his rookie year, his rookie 
with Green Bay. Uh, 4,000 yards, 28 touchdowns, 13 picks. Very nice numbers. Mm -hmm. Brett Favre was 23 when he started with the Packers. He was 8-5 and uh, as a starter. 3,200 yards, 18 touchdowns, 13 picks. Mm -hmm. It's funny because Favre's second year, he was horrid. Second year in Green Bay, he led the league in interceptions. Then the year later, he had 33 touchdowns. Mm -hmm. It could have gone really south for him. They could have bailed. Dang. Well, he had a really good GM in Green Bay. Yeah. And that certainly helped. Uh, Bucky at Ball State joins us to lead off the uh, final hour. Hi, Bucky. DP, six foot 183. Best and the worst of the weekend. Obviously being with family and friends for the holiday. But the worst of the weekend is we drank all the tailgate pumpkin spice maple moonshine. Oh, you're supposed to do and that. Yeah, the family wants to know when the next batch is coming out. Well, I think we'll have some things for the holidays. Uh, Seton's working on that, and uh, we'll let you know on the newsletter. Sign up for the DP Show newsletter, and we'll let you know the uh, next batch that's coming out. Also, make sure you order the calendars. Those are great. Best calendar that we've made so far. Noah in Montana. Hi, Noah. What's on your mind? Hey, fellas. Todd. Um Anybody have eyes on Ryan Day or uh, on Lou Holt after Ryan Day <laughs> losing his mind? I'm waiting. I worry about I'm, him. I'm um, waiting for Lou Holtz to say something. <laughs> I mean, they were questioning their toughness again, so I can only imagine. Uh, on rivalry week, you only have one best or one worst. Unfortunately, my Arizona Wildcats went up to Tempe Ouch. and absolutely destroyed our team up north, uh, setting multiple team records. And then... Um, I called last week with the with the wedding invite, and I just wanted to remind you guys, you talked about having a rule where one of you a year had to accept a wedding invite. Um, so I'm just throwing it out there again for my wedding in February. And where is that, Noah? Is that in Mexico? That's in uh, just outside of Cancun, yeah, all-inclusive resort. Um, okay. And, some Rockettes running around like we were talking about. Oh, that's right. Yeah, his uh, wife is a Rockette. Okay. Um, anybody want to go to Cancun for Noah's wedding? Paulie? For Noah charge? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Noah expense? Is that what you're saying, Noah? Sounds fun. Anyone been to Cancun? I mean, we'll take care of the, uh, the meal for sure. Oh, well, that's awesome. Okay. If you got the Rockets going, you don't want us going, you know. They'll do the whole can-can thing. It'll be good. Have you guys seen the Christmas show at Radio City with the uh, Rockets? I haven't. Yeah. No. Yeah. can change your life. Yeah. It's, it's a Christmas spectacular, by the way. Uh, Aaron in Fort Wayne. Aaron, best and worst of the weekend. Hey, Dan, thank you for taking my call. My... Uh best and worst of the weekend uh tough watching alabama win uh i really felt sorry for the guy that slipped and muffed the punt yeah. really felt sorry for him so that was my worst of the weekend and best of the weekend dolly parton on thanksgiving singing we are the champions in front of a bunch of cowboys fans was borderline hilarious thank I you, I you. <laughs> not exactly the champions you're right but dolly is dolly's on she's She's awesome. She really is. It'd be kind of hard to count, call the Cowboys champions. They haven't 
been champions. In a we are the champions. 1995 and 1993. And <laughs> we are a competitive regular season team. We're very disappointing in the postseason. We usually bow out in January. We are overcome. Tom in Chicago. Hey, Tom, best and worst of the weekend. Hey, Dan. Yeah, best and worst. Uh, only best this weekend involving two grandsons. John, the grandson, state champion, Loyola Academy. Uh, the other John marched in the Macy's Day Parade with his Greendale High School band. And NBC did a special the night before, highlighted the school because they've won 18 straight band titles, and he got on twice. So that was great. And I better not forget one other thing. November 30th, 60 years with my bride. All right. How about Tom? Tom kind of showing off there a little bit, you know. A couple of grandsons doing great things. Been married for 60 years. All right. Thanks for making us feel bad, Tom. Thank you. Thank you. All right, we'll take a break. We'll uh, come back with more phone calls. Back after this in the Dan Patrick Show. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Dynasty the king. Uh, king uh. What's good, y'all? It's your main man, Michael Smith, esteemed NFL analyst and certified fantasy football legend. Allow me to present to you your new favorite fantasy football podcast, The Dynasty Exchange, hosted by my first-round rookie picks, Davis, Dylan, and Josh, three guys who most definitely know their stuff. They're the co-commissioners of the coolest and most cutthroat dynasty league you'll ever come across, The Yacht Club. And now they're the co-hosts of the most elite. Now make that the definitive dynasty program in the game. It's dedicated to only the most devoted of diehards. The guys like me who can't stay off sleeper in KTC. And trust me, you won't regret making the choice to follow their dynasty advice. Listen to Michael Smith Presents The Dynasty Exchange on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening if you love sports and true crime then there's a new podcast from executive producer dan patrick and hosted by me jay harris that you won't want to miss playing dirty sports scandals each week i'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever i'm talking marcus dixon olympic gymnastics kane velasquez salacious super bowl level scandals Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. 
you'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. C.J. Stroud threw for 304 and three touchdowns. Houston's last second loss to Jacksonville. He's the first rookie in NFL history with at least 300 passing yards in four consecutive games. And I really enjoyed this game. Now, if you said at the beginning of the year, would I be interested in this? Probably not. But watching these two quarterbacks with C.J. Stroud and Trevor Lawrence, and we asked the question last week, if you could have the future of either one of these two, and I think a couple of analysts who join us said they would take C.J. Stroud. He certainly seems comfortable. And uh, we keep waiting for Trevor Lawrence to kind of put together two or three really, really good games, because I think that's a really good team. Uh, they're, they're sort of Detroit Lion-like, where you're not quite sure if they're there yet, but uh, well, it feels like the Lions are regressing a little bit, and maybe Jacksonville gets on a run here. But that was fun to watch, and will be fun to watch for years to come with the rivalry. You're facing each other uh, two times each season. Uh, Jake in Buffalo. Jake, best and worst of the weekend. ADP. Um, no best this weekend. I would say the worst was the officiating of the first half of the Eagles game, but Sean McDermott um, is by far the worst of the weekend, worst of the season. Um, he's just, again, proving he's not a head coach. He's benching players to prove a point that's hurting the team. Um, timeout, game management. He's trying to ice a kicker as they're hurrying out on the field, not, giving, not letting Josh Allen try to drive down the field with 20 seconds left. Um, this play calling has gotten so bad, the Eagles are telling the media that they knew they were going to score a touchdown there. Um, two and six in one-score games this year. One and six lifetime in overtime. Um, he's just not a head coach. I called after the Denver game and said incompetent. Marvin said he felt that was a little too strong, but he's the definition of incompetent. He needs to be fired. Uh, he's wasting the career of Josh Allen. And I don't know what Pagulis can uh, – I don't know what can be done, uh, What the, more they need to see before they just – Send him on his well, way. it's the same thing, though, we talk about. If you're going to fire somebody, who are you replacing them with? And if you say, well, anybody's going to be an upgrade, I think that uh, is an exaggeration. Here's Sean McDermott after the loss. We came in here, we fought our asses off. We didn't make enough, we didn't do enough. Uh, make enough plays, do enough on the coaching end. And at the end of the day, there's, there's a tough group of guys in that locker room, right? So a tough group of coaches. And, you know, we're a good football team, and and we just came out, came out on the short end here. you got to make the playoffs. It feels like they win and then we go, okay, all right. Everything's back to normal. Bills are going to be a contender here. And then they lose. Now, I will say, you know, with the Eagles being the best team in football right now, that's a tough place to play and win. But you should have won. You had opportunities. And, yes, were there a couple of calls? Yes. I mean, for the most part, it, balance, it balances out here. When you go, oh, we got jobbed in the first half. But in the second half, you didn't. It just, that's the way it goes in these games. Where it feels like you don't get a call and then you get a call. But I thought Buffalo was the better team yesterday. But Philadelphia had Jalen Hurts. And that's what you want. You want a closer. And that's exactly what he is. 
It, if he's going to throw, if he's going to run, he just seems to know how to win a game. And, you know, that's God-given ability, that innate ability to, I'll somehow find a way. And there's a calmness to him. And that team believes in him. And it feels like the most dangerous play they run is not the brotherly shove, it's that quarterback draw. Because you got that same offensive line that it dominates, you open up a large hole and then let him go. And he is so strong. He's not slight. He's not slight like, you know, Bryce Young. Uh, you know, there's a, a Michael Vick feel to him of you, if you hit him, you better hit him and knock him down. And that's not uh, as easy as you would think. Because he doesn't look big, but he plays big. Yeah, Paulie. It's funny with Jalen Hurts, when you see him on the sidelines, they show the Bills score and he's got to go back in. He's sitting there quietly. If they were like 1-7, and seven, you're like, look at that guy. He's lethargic. He doesn't care. He's got no energy. But because they're rolling and Jalen Hurts is winning, like he's such a cool customer. He's so calm under pressure. The Bills, by the way, have outscored their opponents by 101 points this year, and they're 6-6. Six and six. Yeah. The Eagles have outscored their opponents, opponents by 64 points this year, and they're 10-1. and one. Once again, the big NFL news, Frank Reich fired as the head coach of the Carolina Panthers. Is this a desirable job? Because I would say no. Now, if you believe that Bryce Young's a franchise quarterback, okay, but you don't have your first-round pick. And you have an owner who probably loves to meddle far more than you want your owner to meddle. But he, he's not afraid to make a quick decision here. Yes, Marv. If you're someone that's never been a head coach, then yeah. sure. Yeah. But if you're somebody with a resume, no, 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 absolutely not. You can't pass up the opportunity. Let's say Eric Bieniemy. Let's just throw him out there. He has to take that job. Has to. Yes. Um, and, you know, Washington is, I think, going to be open. Chargers are probably going to be open. And then you're going to have Carolinas open. Are the Bears, is that job going to be open? Probably so. So you're going to have some opportunities here. And, you know, New England could be open. Now, I don't know if Robert Kraft would promote somebody in-house for that job. Do you bring uh, Gerard Mayo and give him an opportunity there? Maybe. Bill O'Brien's there. Josh McDaniels is unemployed. You can uh -huh. bring him back. <laughs> bring back Romeo yeah. Cornell. <laughs> Charlie Weiss. Charlie Weiss. Come on, everybody. Let's get the band back together again. Oh, that sounds awful. Yeah. Doesn't it feel like, though, there's the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC and the Baltimore Ravens, and then after that, it's the next tier. And, and we thought the AFC this year was going to be so competitive. And, and it's almost competitive in that second tier. I don't think Jacksonville's not up there with Baltimore yet and not Kansas City. Pittsburgh is in that second tier. Although, I love that they threw the ball down the field. Now, you might say, don't they always throw the ball downfield? That's called passing. I'm talking about down the field. Opening it up more than five to seven yards. And you know, at least getting the defense to think that you can go deep with them. And, and throw the ball. But, you know, you got an elite defense. And if you just have enough offense, you know, where you get maybe 21 points, you know, that's a playoff team. And I thought they were at the beginning of the year. I didn't realize the offense, they finally outgained their opposition. It's the longest streak I think we've had in NFL history where a team didn't outscore the opposition. And they finally did yesterday. 
Uh, Patrick in Nashville. Hey, Patrick, what's on your mind today? Hey, Dan. First time, long time. Six three two twenty. All right, I got a best and worst of the weekend for you. Best of the weekend was watching my wife's Michigan Wolverines beat Ohio State for a third straight time, and then watching my Eagles come back against the Bills yesterday. Mm, pretty good worst weekend. Worst of the weekend. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, good weekend. Worst of the weekend, however, involves my wife. Her Lions lost, um, and also she was seemingly bad luck yesterday watching the Bills and the Eagles. Now, she understands football, so she's not just trying to chime in or just watch it just because it's on. But every time she would get up, the Bills, uh, the Eagles would do something great. And every time she'd sit down, Bills would uh, score or something. So my question for you really is, like, what is your stance on, like, superstition? <laughs> is it one of those things where I'm a jerk or – Am I only crazy if it doesn't work? Thank you, Dan. I would ask Todd, because Todd feels like probably more superstitious when it comes to watching a game. I will preface this by saying I love my wife, and we've been married almost 25 years, but if she comes next to me and all of a sudden bad things happen to the Broncos, and then for whatever reason she goes into another room and they start doing well, I would kindly ask her not to be in the room until the game comes to a conclusion. Right. Fair enough. And hopefully she wouldn't be offended by that. Yeah. I am that superstitious. I'll sit in a certain spot in the chair or fold my legs a certain way, whatever it is, whatever we got to do. I think it's how you present this to your wife. I think that's where you got to go, hun, you got to make up your mind. You know, maybe this is just me, but, you know, I need you to just sit here and stay here. You can't get up. Get out. You just made Russell Wilson get sacked. Get out of here. <laughs> you got to go. You got to get out. Yeah. It's all in the presentation. That's what I would say. Um, Paulie has a random football rules question. I'm probably the wrong guy to ask. I don't know the rules. Well, it's less about the rule. Okay, so we're watching the end of the Alabama-Auburn game, and I know the muffed punt rule where if it skips off or the guy kind of catches it and drops it, the defense or the other team can't advance it. So Alabama kicks it. The Auburn guy fumbles it. Alabama gets the ball, and the guy was going to run for the touchdown. The guy from Alabama, he was going to pick up. He started running because you're like, live ball, but then everyone realizes, well, he can't advance it. People in the room were like, why can't he get a touchdown? And I explained that rule to them. Mm -hmm. And I started thinking, why can't you advance a fumbled punt? Where the guy, it just catches him in the arms. And possession changes once the punter's foot strikes the football. It's now the other team's ball. So they don't have to catch it and get two feet in for it not to be, you know, to gain possession. It should, I think it should be a live ball. I look back at the NFL rules and they say, well, they don't consider that a full possession because the punt returner hadn't caught it, taken a step or two. That, that seems like a dumb rule. It feels wrong in the moment. Like, I, Well, they, why do we let you have only one uh, foot in bounds in, the, in college, but uh, you know, two in the pros? Yeah. Why do we have different hash marks for the kickers? I would think that you would have the hash marks to make it more challenging for the pros, right. not in college. They have wider hash marks. The angle can be a little bit more abrupt there. Who is in favor of removing that rule? And if the punt return guy, it skips off his hands, that's just live ball. Sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Seaton. Uh, yeah, I would want to know, like, the origin for why the, the the rule is that. You know, why why it's not just a live ball. See, the, the one foot in, two feet in for college and NFL, I like. I think that makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. um, just because in the NFL, you you know, it's, it's so much more difficult to get two in rather than just the one. 
Why do we do the hash marks? Why do we make it tougher for a place kicker in college? I don't know. Yeah, I don't either. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, you know, why don't we use an NBA ball in high school? Because it's got bigger seams and it's easier to control. But instead, we give that to the guys who have huge hands and it's already easy. I feel like most high schools, like, kids just have to bring their own ball. It's like, <laughs> anybody got a ball? All right, yeah. Let me say, guy, squeeze. is it pumped up? Yeah, good enough. All right, play. We would have a brand new basketball. Now, that sounds great, but it was her- it was terrible. You wanted to have a ball that was already broken in, so it had a little seasoning to it so it wasn't slick. Yes, Todd? Why can't a college football player, he dives for the ball, makes the interception, no one's touched him. Yeah. Why is the play dead at that point? Why can't he get up and start running? That's ridiculous to me. Yeah. I know. That should be changed as well. Let's do that. All right. Who do we talk to? Uh, the NCAA on the rules, I think. Well, that's Why would we talk to them? Yeah, we can't talk to them. <laughs> they don't answer our calls. Yeah, they won't. Every time you call. Busy for 10 you know, years. Yeah, Mary is there at the desk, and she goes, calling again. He's not available. Okay. All right. <laughs> Tell him Dan Patrick called. And the NFL has the muff punt rule as well, so they can get rid of it in all sports. Uh, Kevin in Michigan. Hi, Kevin. What's on your mind today? Hey, Dan. Uh, uh, first time 5'8 and lovable and huggable. Uh, <laughs> hey, uh, Danette and uh, part-time Fritzy. Uh, my best of the weekend is uh, Michigan. Winning the game and my worst of the weekend, unfortunately, I only took partially advantage of your Dan's deal sale. Only was able to buy one pair of the sheets. Love them, and unfortunately, the sale is over. Yes, it is. Uh, glad that uh, everybody took advantage of that. As many people did, uh, we thought they were great gifts. We'll do it again for Mother's Day. But when we get these opportunities, always happy to pass those savings on to you and great uh, holiday gifts. And we'll let you know the latest. Uh, uh, batch of moonshine. The next one, it's going to be, I think, peppermint moonshine that will come out uh, after the holidays, maybe, but we'll uh, keep an eye on that. We're trying to rush it into production there for you. Dorsey in North Carolina. Hey, Doris, what's on your mind? How you doing, Dan? Great, Doris. Pretty good out here. A uh, little chilly, but we're doing fine. Good. Best and worst of the week. Uh, 49ers winning was absolutely the best. Running away and shoving it in <laughs> Seattle's face. But the worst is my Indiana Hoosiers football. This poor coach has been the nicest guy and the worst coach in the history of football. And we had to suffer through him blowing that game to Purdue. It's time for him to go, but I don't understand why he gets $20 million. That's guaranteed. Guaranteed. And, uh, you know, they gave him that. He had a couple of years, you know, when they had Michael Penix Jr. the third, and then all of a sudden you're like, hey, we got to keep this guy. We got we to gotta pay him commensurate to what some of these other coaches are getting. And then all of a sudden, when you realize he's not winning, you still got to pay him. Yes, Mark. Then Michael Penning said, what am I doing here? Yeah. <laughs> Best player since Antoine Randall. And, oh, my, he was, he made Indiana football, like, almost must-see TV. Yes, he did. He was that good. But these coaches getting paid, you know, to go away. Hey, we're going to pay you to not coach our team, our school. <laughs> Please. I mean, when it, when it you think about that, I mean, that's the reality of this. We we dislike you so much, your coaching ability. Here's $75 million to not coach our team. And then we got to spend another 75 Well, you won't be spending that kind of money. Uh, at least I don't think you will with the Duke head coach. But you're going to spend. You look at some of these schools, and they're like Carolina with Frank Reich, uh, Matt Rule. I don't know how many coaches – you know, that billionaire is paying right now, but uh, got to be a couple of them. You know, the Raiders, you know, Mark Davis spending all that money. 
Uh, Dave in California. Hi, Dave. What's on your mind? Hey, guys. Uh, first time caller, long time listener. Uh, I just had a real quick comment that of what I was told, and I, and I, and I heard it from multiple people, uh, why the NFL and college hash marks are different is that in the NFL, they want the ball pretty much in the middle of the field every play, so the athleticism, the speed, and all that could be on display every play. Okay. All right. I'll take your word for it, Dave. <laughs> Don't have a research department here looking into it as of yet, but uh, maybe we'll get on that. Have that for you tomorrow. But uh, I just know the kicking part of that. That's the interesting part. That The angle is sharper for college uh, kickers. When we come back, Greg Popovich picks up the mic and then drops the mic. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Last call for phone calls. What we learn. What's in store tomorrow? Just got my Heisman ballot. And uh, beginning today, you'll be able to access the secure website and cast your ballot for the 2023 Heisman Memorial Trophy Award and uh, gave me the address there. Yes, Paul. Okay, a lot of people like Jalen Daniels of LSU for the Heisman because he runs and passes a lot, like great yards, crazy yards. Bo Nix doesn't really run. He is a more of a drop-back quarterback. He can and does run a little bit, but it's not even close to Jalen Daniels. Should that be a negative for Bo Nix, who has led his team to an undefeated season? No. If It feels like it is. Like, it feels like if he had 700 yards rushing, in addition to his passing, he'd be right in the mix. I mean, he is in the mix. Well, they have a loss. 
I, I'm sorry, yeah. yeah they, they lost to Washington. But they're in the national title picture right now, and yeah. LSU's not even close. No, but I, I, you know, how much do you hold that against a player because of his team's lack of success? Or how much, you know, does it depend on your team's, is it the best player on the best team? And a lot of times it is. Yeah, Mark. Lamar Jackson, I think his team had maybe three or four losses when he won the Heisman. I know he, I mean, they killed Florida State. There was one big game he had, but they won the national title picture. Yeah, I don't factor in, okay, you rushed for 20 touchdowns and you threw for, you know, 32. I mean, sometimes you can look at collectively how many touchdowns were you responsible for, and Daniels is responsible for 50, maybe more. And, and, if, and if you look at historically, those quarterbacks usually win the Heisman, whether it's Johnny Manziel, it's Tim Tebow, uh, Joe Burrow. If you're going to put up, Burrow was like 60 touchdowns maybe, uh, total combined. But Jaden Daniels is probably your uh, odds-on favorite, and Bo Nix should be in there. I mean, they're both really interesting stories. But when we had Herm Edwards on, Herm had Jaden Daniels at Arizona State. And then I said, oh, LSU paid more money. I don't want to get into that right now. No, I'm not going to get into that. I'm like, yeah, that's what college football is. Uh, Hey, I might transfer. Sure. Uh, What would you pay me? Oh, I'm transferring. Patrick in Alabama. Hi, Patrick. What's on your mind? Hey, Dan. What's up, man? Hey, hey so this is the issue I have with Pollock's point. I, first of all, Bo Nick should not even be in the Heisman. They've, there's, there's not a top 50 defense he's played this year. So anybody can play backyard football. He left the SEC because he couldn't play there. He couldn't hack it there. Let alone Oregon has beat one ranked team. One ranked team in the whole year. But yet you have them ranked in front of Texas and Alabama. Both have have, who have beaten two to three top 25 teams. Like, James Daniels, look at the defense that he's played. Yeah. I know. It's a fair point, Patrick. Thank you. Absolutely. Uh, Greg Popovich got on the microphone. The Clippers were playing the Spurs. That meant that Kawhi Leonard was in town. And Kawhi, when he, ever, he went to the free throw line, the fans were booing. Kawhi, who started his career in San Antonio. So Greg Popovich, the Spurs head coach, grabbed the microphone. Excuse me for a second. Pops on the mic. Stop all the booing. Let these guys play. It's got all class. It's not who we are. Knock off the booing. I'm telling the fans to lay off Kawhi Leonard. This isn't halftime. Kawhi's at the line. Who's booing? And who are they booing? Like, so the Spurs fans are then booing after Pop says don't boo. Are they booing Popovich? Because I wasn't quite sure about that. Uh, hey, we're better than this. And then he's going to grab the microphone there. Yes, Bowling. A lot. This was very polarizing when the video and audio came out on social media. People are like, well, Greg Popovich, uh, you haven't been to the playoffs since 2019. Maybe the fans there don't think you're the, you know, the greatest thing since sliced bread anymore and can do what they want. Why would you tell the fans who? It's, it's kind of your right to boo. They weren't saying anything derogatory towards yeah, but who were they booing? Kawhi Leonard. Okay. So what what does Pop's lack of success have to do with them not being able to boo or I think maybe some people were bothered by, by Greg Popovich being holier than thou and yelling at the home fans with the right to behave how they want in the stance. Yeah, see. I would imagine that Kawhi Leonard felt even more stupid after Pop saying that than hearing 
his former fans boo him. And that's kind of part of what happens sometimes when you go back to a place you used to play, especially if you left and like, ah, we want you to, we wanted you to stay, but you left in a bad way anyway, so now we don't like you or whatever. But basically, having like your dad get up there and be like, <laughs> "Hey, leave my son alone here, you guys." That that is humiliating. That was just so embarrassing. I was surprised that he grabbed the microphone. I just was. I was like, okay. That was like a, uh, yeah, maybe retirement's not the worst thing. <laughs> no, he's got Victor. Maybe. Yeah. If he didn't have Victor, then he might be like, eh, okay. Let's hand Victor off to somebody else and yeah. sit this one out. John? Felt very high school gym principal if someone's misbehaving or yelling something inappropriate than uh, an actual NBA game. Yeah, I was, I was just kind of surprised that in the moment you're doing that. Now, that might be something you say post-game and say, you know what? Uh, I love Kawhi. Uh, he helped us. We won championships, and uh, he left. Uh, but you know what? He, he's still one of the Spurs great. Whatever. I just didn't want the fans to boo him. Uh, he deserved better than that. Like, but to grab the microphone? In the middle of the game? <laughs> hey, you stop that. Oh my God! Dude, what here are you comes doing? here comes Fritzy with his Coach K impersonation. That, that just puts Kawhi in such an awkward place. Hey, stop that! That's not what we do here. <laughs> stop that! That's not part of the Duke way. But it puts Kawhi in an awkward position again. Like Dad sticking up for you. You know what are you supposed to like react to that? Like thanks, Dad, Coach. I, I don't even know if Kawhi said anything after the game. I, I, like I don't know what phases him. I'd be shocked <laughs> if he said yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he talks. I mean, he can speak. Yes, Marv. Yeah. Uh, when they were asking Kawhi about what Pop said, he was like, you know, I guess that's what he wanted to do. But he's like, when people come up to me in San Antonio, they're really complimentary. That's one of those. Yeah, you won't of say course. it to my face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Soon as he's, you know, 10 feet down the road. Like, yeah. I hate you. Yeah. Yeah. It, it didn't end in a good way in San Antonio, but. I, will this catch on? Absolutely. It better not. Could you it better man? not. Absolutely. <laughs> Give me the uh, Sam Weish, uh, the Bengals head coach. You see somebody throwing something, point him out. We'll get him the hell out of here. You're not in Cleveland. You're in Cincinnati. It's pretty good. <laughs> You're not in Cleveland. Uh, this day in sports history, Paul. Uh, just a couple. Uh, Gordie Howe in 1960 of the Red Wings. Scored point number 1,000. Mm-hmm. And uh, this was Thanksgiving in 1980, and Dave Williams of the Bears became the first player in NFL history to return a kick for a touchdown in overtime to end the game. And Joe Montana became the fifth quarterback to surpass 40,000 yards passing this day in 1994. Todd, what did you learn today? Buddha in San Francisco says Boo! the Bills are putting out oh. Chargers vibes these days, finding ways to lose close games late. Seton O'Connor. Even Devin McCourty wasn't into the Jets game, and he was getting paid to be there. Marvin. David Teppert. Not patient. No, he's not. Paulie? Frank Reich might be in a good mood today. What did I learn today, Todd? David Pock would take Ohio State out of the top six or seven, put them behind Alabama in the rankings. Have a great day, everybody. We'll talk to you tomorrow. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
The Nikki Glazer Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.